Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back into Hit and Run right here on 670 The Score. Interesting stuff going on at Wrigley, and we are following along. And we'll bring Ben Zobrist to you whenever he is made available. Zobrist is back today as part of rosters expanding. He was activated yesterday so as to ensure his availability for the playoffs. Um, That's been a complicated rule for some people to figure out. Just know this. If you're in the organization before September 1st, you can be on the active roster. So these guys that get called up today, let's say Brad Week has a terrific month as a lefty, and they're like, oh, my God, we found something. They can put Brad Week on the playoff roster if they want, even though he's just activated today, because he's been in the organization before um, September 1st, been in the organization since the trade for Carl Edwards. Um, Ben Zobrist, because he was on the restricted list, is a guy who had to be activated before the 1st of September. And so he was yesterday. And Zobrist will uh, will be with the team and will be available for the postseason. And he will not be in the lineup today. We've got the lineup today. It does not include Ben Zobrist. But it does indeed include Javier Baez, who's hitting leadoff today. Weird, weird stuff for, for the lineup today. So Baez hitting leadoff. There is no Rizzo today um it's interesting and there is no hayward either so jonathan lucroy is your catcher hitting fifth and uh ben zobris not in the lineup but uh he is expected to speak sometime in the next 30 minutes and we will bring it to you bring it to you live um from wrigley field whenever the time comes it is 670 the score it is matt spiegel here with you on Hit and Run, the Scores Baseball Show. And maybe you remember this guy as a pitcher for the Twins or the Giants or the Orioles or the Rockies or the Yankees or the Astros or the Brewers or the LA Angels of Anaheim or the Mets or the Blue Jays. I'll be honest, Latroy Hawkins, I don't remember you in a Blue Jays uniform. That one I can't place myself. That was brief. That was very brief. <laughs> but that it, a tremendously long, impressive career for Latroy Hawkins. Um who I, I believe at the time you retired, you were the only guy to have pitched in a thousand games at the time of your retirement. And uh, it, it's, it's an amazing career. And we, of course, remember your time here with the Cubs as well. And we welcome you in right now on Hit and Run. Thanks so much for the time. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the Hit and Run. I like it. You got it. Absolutely. Um, so I thought of you because I was reading a piece in The Undefeated uh, the other day about Lee Smith. And just about, you know, I loved Lee Smith. A lot of people loved Lee Smith. But what I hadn't thought about was maybe how young pitchers growing up, how young black men growing up thought of Lee Smith as you watched him on television. And you as a kid in Gary, Indiana, how did you feel about Lee Smith when you saw him pitching for the Cubs uh, especially? Well, watching Lee Smith play for the Cubs is, you know, a huge part of the reason why I wanted to 
to play baseball and wanted to be a pitcher. Um, I lived about 14 blocks from my junior high school, and I would run home after school to watch him pitch. I got out of school at 3.30, game started at 1.05, 1.20. So I would run home and watch him pitch about 3.30 just so I could see him. I love to see him run into the game. I love to see him, you know, the way he attacked hitters, how aggressive he was, how smooth. Um, I can't remember every time seeing Big Lee Arthur get upset. He was just, he just, he was all about business. He went out there and did his job, and that's what he, and that's what I remember the most about him. And actually meeting him in Fresno years after that and calling my mom and telling her, guess who I just met? Lee Smith. And it was a huge honor for me. Just a huge honor to watch him go about his business. That that's awesome. Um, yeah, he he had he had a um, a class about him, right? Because he never he never got mad. I don't ever remember seeing him volatile like that. And 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 I wonder if that was important it, it, it itself as well. Just to see to see a man working with the class and the integrity, the consistency that that he clearly worked with on the field all the time. You know what? I I'd wanted to, I tried to model my demeanor after he is on the mound because I didn't, never wanted to get too high, never wanted to get too low, and I saw him. And that's how he was. And, you know, from time to time you have a, you know, you might get a little, you know, a little excited on the field. But, you know, for the most part throughout my career, I try to, you know, try to have the same demeanor, cool, calm, collective demeanor on the mound like Lee Arthur had. And, and that rubbed off on me. And, and I'm glad I had a chance to watch him as a young man, you know, who wanted to pitch on a daily basis, um, you know, watching WGN. It was a, it was an honor. And, I'm I'm thankful that he was able to go out there and and show you know black kids that you know what you can pitch and you can do a lot of things in this world and and be successful in baseball is one of them. That that's a hell of a legacy right there for Lee Smith. He's having his number retired by the Cubs today, or having Lee Smith Day with a pregame experience today. And I really loved hearing his speech of the Hall of Fame. I actually spoke to him yesterday on this air. Um, and uh, right here on the score, as we're talking with Latroy Hawkins right here on Hit and Run. It's interesting, Latroy, because I know one of the things you said is that you had basketball practice um, starting at 4 o'clock, and, but you'd run home to see if he was pitching, and there was no TV in the gym. Um, but Lee Smith himself was a guy. He was on the basketball team, and his principal said to him, you know, they saw him pick up a softball one time in gym class and throw somebody out at at, at home from the right field corner. They're like, oh boy, uh, <laughs> hey Lee, you ought to throw a baseball. And he said he couldn't afford the equipment that he needed, um, Latroy. And the next day, his principal had bought him the equipment and said, "Here you go, here you go. Here's a uniform. Here's a glove. Here's all the equipment you need." And and it's just interesting to me that you're talking about coming from basketball practice, and so was Lee, and that baseball is not the most intuitive thing for a young Lee Smith nor a young Latroy Hawkins to maybe to maybe go and do. I wonder why that why that was and why it still is. Well, I just think because baseball doesn't have the fanfare as basketball has, and and growing up in Indiana where basketball is the king, I know why I gravitated gravitated to it towards it, but. You know, in Louisiana, you know, those guys are pretty good at everything. <laughs> Basketball, baseball, and football. And, and you know, I'm sure Lee Arthur, he was, he was good at all three, had he played all three. But, you know, I don't, I don't understand. I don't know why we gravitate to it, but there's a lot of good basketball players that could be baseball players. And I think the athleticism translates to the baseball field. And it goes to show you, like, some of the better players to play professional sports play multiple sports. 
They weren't just relegated to playing one sport. And if you can learn, take anything from this, like Lee played multiple sports, and it helped with his baseball. Yeah, no, I, I think it definitely did. I wonder, you know, and I know how active you are in the community. I was, I was texting with Latroy yesterday, and he was handing out backpacks. He was doing some charitable work, giving out backpacks all day yesterday. And I, I wonder if some of those kids or some of these, these, these athletes understand just how cushy the baseball life can be, Latroy. I mean, <laughs> my, my God, you pitch every once in a while. The money is guaranteed. It's, I mean, it's a rare opportunity. Basketball is a grind, and there are more baseball jobs than basketball jobs, aren't there? It's funny you say that because that's how my grandfather proposed it to myself when I got drafted. He was like, you have a better chance. You know, there are more roster spots on a baseball roster than is on a basketball roster. And I, he told me, I thought you were a better baseball player anyway. So, you know, my grandfather told me that, you know, 28, 29 years ago, and it definitely helped. But, you know, it's, it's, I think it's the way the, the game is marketed. And I think being from the inner city, you see so much failure. And that resonates with the kids because baseball is predicated around it's predicated around failure and going from failure in your, in your, your real life mm. and then going to play sport and have to deal with failure. You know, that's a lot for a, a, a teenager or a young adult to be able to process. So I think that's why a lot of guys gravitate towards football and base basketball because it's faster. You know, most, most of the times they're athletic and their athleticism can hide some of the, you know, the lack of fundamentals. In baseball, you're going to get exposed if you don't have the fundamentals. Wow, that's really interesting. The first part of what you said there, I had not considered that. Because we talk so much, as, as you get to know the game and you're dissecting the game, about the mental side of dealing with failure. How the best hitters you know, in the world fail six out of ten times. How the best, yep. best pitchers, the best closers still have, still have moments where, where they blow the game and they've got to wear it and feel it for a day or two until you get a chance to go out there again. And if you've got any kind of arduous regular life, why do you want to feel that in sports? That makes so much sense to me, and I hadn't thought about it that way, Latroy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been asked that question a million times over the years, so I had to <laughs> to really sit down and figure out a really good answer to that, and that's part of it, the failure part. Wow. The failure part is key, and it's definitely a determining factor whether a kid wants to continue to, to play the game of baseball or you know push that to the side and go ahead and play or try another sport. Wow, you, you think you think baseball played a, a role in your maturation just as a human in that way because of everything you had to deal with uh, in, in baseball in, in terms of the struggles of actually just playing? Did, did it play a big role in your maturation as a person? Yes, it has. I mean, it builds character. Um, it gives you something to take pride in. It's just not, not baseball take pride in being a good human being. Um, it allowed me to be put in a in – a, in a position where I got to meet people from all around the world and learn about different cultures and understand and take people for who they are and understand, you know, everybody wasn't raised the same. Everybody didn't grow up the same. Everybody, we're all different. But one thing we had in common was baseball, and that's a good, good point to work from. I wonder where your Chicago Cubs experience fits in to uh, to your life as you look at things now as 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 a grown man you know and it, being from Gary 
but also coming here as expected to be a closer when you had been an eighth inning guy and some of the troubles that were here. And then, and then we know about some of the ugliness that happened in the stands with certain fans that, that you dealt with, uh, Jock Jones dealt with, that Dusty talked about. I wonder, wh- where does it sit for you now in the context of your career and your life as you look back on it, Latroy? You know what? I, I look at it like this. Coming from Minnesota where I felt like I was in an in a incubator and I was, you know, in a bubble from all, you know, what nasty people, you know, brought to, you know, the fan base. And then coming to Chicago and not being in that incubator anymore, it was it was a learning experience. And I, I learned a lot about people. And when you start to learn people and understand people, you can either take it one way or you take the other. And, I, you know, I learned from it. You know, I, I talk about it when I talk to kids about how you can take a negative into a positive hmm. and go from there. It's, I mean, it's, you know, it's different now. Now, you know, you can't be like that. You know, I've heard us about some of the struggles that Carl Edwards had, and, and but it's, it's, it's a little different now because now people can be exposed to being, you know, a racist. Back then, you couldn't, you couldn't expose people. Now you can be exposed and people, you know, if you want to be a nut on social media, you can be really exposed. So I think it's definitely went in the right direction. But, you know, it was a learning experience. And I learned a lot from my time being in Chicago. And I love being close to home, uh, having a chance for, you know, my people and Gary to get a chance to see me play on a regular basis. It was a great experience. You know, it was a negative experience, but you can't hold on to that. I'm 46 years old now. I've, I've been out the game four years. I appreciate every year that I played in the major leagues. And every year brought me something different that I can, you know, I can take forward for the rest of my life well it's a healthy way to look at it you're fortunate to get this kind of time and this kind of uh, perspective on it as, as as life has gone on right yes it is and, and when you look back when it's all all said and done you know you have to look up, look at the positives and i think i have no no reason to complain about baseball as we, the old saying that baseball is very good to me <laughs> and i plan on being good to, good to baseball <laughs> going Garrett Morris on Saturday Night Live back in the day right there. Um, you played with Pat Mahomes as a, as a teammate with the Minnesota Twins. Are you the godfather of Patrick Mahomes? Is that true, LaTroy? Yes, that's true. How about that? How about that? One of the most exciting athletes in all of sports today, um, and obviously a kid who could pitch, who could throw. It's a, I, did you know that your godson had potential to be this kind of special athlete, best quarterback in, in football right now? Well, his dad and I knew it, um, and now when people ask us, like, you guys didn't know it. You just saying it because now he's the MVP. <laughs> no, we watched him grow up. We knew what he was capable of. He's doing the same things on Sundays as he did on Saturdays as he did on Fridays. <laughs> so we knew the rest of the world didn't know, and we had a chance, and the rest of the world, rest of the world had a chance to, to see it, and they understood what we've been watching. The people in East Texas have been watching for a long time. You know, he's doing it with, you know, with, with, with a better quarterback skill set now, but he's doing some of the, a lot of the same things he was doing in high school wow. and what he was doing in, on Saturdays. He, and he seems to have a calm about him, uh, Latroy. And I, I, I mean, I don't know if part of that can come from being a kid in a major league clubhouse and seeing, realizing that, oh, no, this is just something that happens. It's just part of life. But he's got a real calm about him as he goes about his business. Well, you know, you're right. Growing up in a major league clubhouse, growing up around professional athletes, and you know, his dad and I always talking to him about players make plays, stay calm. You're going to make your best decisions when you're calm. 
and let your athleticism play. You know, and, and I think that helped him a lot coming up his master racing as a quarterback is when he was in high school and he didn't go all the, go to those quarterback camps. They didn't put him in a box. This is the type of quarterback you're going to be. You know, his high school coach let him be Pat Mahomes, not try to make him to be, you know, a Drew Brees or somebody else. Mm-hmm. He was free to be who he who he was, and that was a great athlete with a really good arm and a brain that was stronger than his arm and his athleticism. So, And when he went to Kingsbury at Texas Tech, Kingsbury allowed him to be Pat Mahomes and not be a system quarterback. Latroy, uh, I think that helps. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it does. You know, guys learning and, and being allowed to be themselves and developing the best version of themselves. Uh, Latroy, an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, thanks so much for for the conversation. And uh, we're hearing from a lot of people who have met you before uh, via text here, met you before, know about work that you've done in the community, um, both in Gary and I know so much in Minnesota. And it's a uh, it's uh, it's appreciated uh, hearing from you. That's for sure. And, and next time, uh, next time you're in Chicago in baseball season, let's try and uh, connect and say hello. All right. I will. Can I say a shout out to one of my good friends over in Griffin, Indiana? He's a high school baseball coach, and I know he listens to the score all the time. Do it, Coach Griffin, Coach Jennings at Griffin High School. I know you're listening, BJ. Uh, thanks for all your support all over the years, and um, you have a great day. I know school's about to start. Things are getting <laughs> crazy, but you'll be fine. <laughs> There, there it is. I, I won't even charge you for that one, Latroy. That one, you can do that one for free. Um, thank, thank you, thank you, sir. Appreciate it very much. You got it. That's Latroy Hawkins, former MLB um, and a good dude. Enjoyed that very much. It is hit and run right here on six seventy. The score. Ben Zoberst is going to speak to the media from Wrigley Field uh, as he is back and part of the expanded rosters for the Chicago Cubs. And as soon as he does begin to speak to the media, we are going to carry it right here for you on six seventy. The score. We'll take a break, but we will come back and end the break as soon as Ben Zoberst begins to speak. It is Matt Spiegel. It is hit and run on six seventy. The score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We are going to be joining Ben Zobrist speaking live from Wrigley Field right now here on 670 The Score. He has returned, is addressing the media as part of expanded rosters. It is hit and run right here on 670 The Score. Here's Ben. You know, the timing is right for me to be here now, and and I feel good about that. Um, I feel good about um, just doing what I can to help the club down the stretch here and and hopefully push into the playoffs and then um, a lot further than that. How did you how did you leave it with the Cubs? I mean, when you when you took the leave of absence, mm-hmm. did did you know that there was a possibility possibility that they would just say, "Well, we need to move on from you," or or was there an understanding of some sort? Uh, you know, at the time it was just, "Hey, take take the time that you need." Uh, there was no, "We'll be waiting" or anything like that. It'll just it was just um, you know you you got to do what's most important for you and your family. And they understood that, and they were great about that. And I, I'm nothing but grateful for how they've handled the whole situation and given me the time and space that I need to, needed to um, to take care of, of my situation. But were you were you prepared for them to say we we, we just can't sustain this any longer? Or? Oh yeah, oh yeah, of course. I mean, I, I 
I, I would have understood completely um, however they needed to move forward, um, even if it was the next day after that. So um, it's, you know, I, I've, I've, uh, baseball has given me no, nothing but, um, you know, kind of blessings and, and opportunities and things. So, um, of course, you know, they're my employer. They can do what they would like to do. And, uh, you know, I, I'm fortunate that they gave me the time that they gave me to, um, and then still wanted me back. You know, it's just kind of other things could have happened and, and uh, they could have picked up other guys in the meantime and not needed me. Uh, but the fact that there's still, you know, a spot, you know, in September um, for me, that's why I'm here, you know, to see, see what I can bring to the club and see if there's anything that I can add to the, to the playoff push here. Yeah, uh, I am in a really good physical place. I think I think I'm, I I played three games in a row uh, last weekend and felt physically very good. Uh, I was a little bit under the weather midweek this week, this past week, um, and we we were doing some live BP in the Nashville area in my home area, but wasn't able to kind of do a couple of those days that I wanted to do. And so I, last night I, I needed to get out on the field and see how I felt. And I felt great physically. So um, I'm in a good place physically. My swing timing-wise is probably not where I'd love for it to be, but that's the kind of thing that it, it changes daily. You know, sometimes in season it, it changes daily, whether you've been playing for five months by now or not. Uh, it's still a, something that you're always working to to try to catch fire. So I'm hoping that I can um, put some good quality at bats together and catch some rhythm um, down the stretch here. Uh, but that's kind of the game. It's always the game that, that we play, uh, whether you've been playing for five months in a row or taking a few months off. So um, I'll continue to battle that and just do the best I can to uh, to catch fire. Ben, you have friends there not only how, how, how much baseball you had left, as they said, however long this yeah, I, I I can't say that definitively. I, I just um, I'm focused on right now. I'm focused on what I can do this last month of the regular season and then pushing into the postseason. Do you feel like uh, you have anything to prove personally, or you know, you, did you feel like you maybe owed it to the Cubs to come back? What were your motivations there? Uh, you know, I don't think I have anything I, I need to prove personally um, with my career or. To anybody else, I mean, I, I my priorities have always been the same. They've been, been very consistent uh, my whole career. It's my my faith is important, my family is important, and my career comes after those two things. And um, you know, I took time away that I needed to take um, personally um, for my family, and I feel good about that. I don't regret any of that. Um, I. I'm just uh, grateful that I get this opportunity now to return and, and try to uh, finish the season on a good note with this club, do the best that I can to, to help the ball club. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm grateful for all the support and all the prayers and all the things that people, people have been patient. Um, and, uh, you know, they don't, I, I, you know, they don't owe me anything and I don't, I don't feel like I owe the game anything at this point. I'm just glad to be here. I'm excited to, um, come back and, and do what I can to to uh, get this team where I believe it can be. What Why now as opposed to... Like to what's that? What has the reception been like from the guys? Oh, man. 
the, the guys have been awesome. They've been so supportive throughout this time, but also um, just welcoming and um, happy. It, honestly, there's a part of me that's so uh, like a little overwhelmed with how much it feels like they've, they've wanted me back and wanted me here. You know, you, I don't feel like I make that much of an impact um, in the clubhouse or with the guys, but, um, you know, they certainly have made me feel that way. And, uh, it's, it's a special, this has always been a special place ever since I, I came here in 2016. It's, it's a special clubhouse, special people in this organization and the, the team in there, those guys are, are like my brothers, you know, they, they are very supportive and, and just so encouraging and, and challenging at the same time, you know, so they're, they, they bring out the best in me. How much do you think, uh, It's hard to tell. I don't know. That's the that's the answer to that. Um, but I know that every day I'm here, every day I was here, I'm working as hard as I can work and focused on, um, you know, being as prepared as I can be prepared um, to to perform because that's my job. So um, that's my focus now. Is while I'm here, I'm going to give it. I told Theo while I'm there, I I'll give you everything I got while I'm there. And as soon as I'm out the door, I'm out the door. <laughs> I'm, I'm with my kids. I'm focused on, you know, the other things that I need to focus on. So, um, yeah, you get he gets 100% of what I have while I'm here, and, and that's what I, I promise I can give Cub fans while I'm here. And for a, for a very public figure and a very private man, uh, how difficult has this period of time been for you and your Oh, it's extremely difficult, you know. Um, you don't plan um, for struggles or anything like that, but – you know, there's um, there's no perfect um, family in life. There's no perfect scenario. Um, but you know, I'm fortunate that I'm not uh, I'm not alone. You know, I have so much support, um, and I've got uh, you know you know my faith is I believe in a God who heals broken relationships, and you know, so I'm I'm uh, hopeful. And I'm present, and I'm doing the best I can to just uh, uh, love the people that I'm around. And you mentioned you might not come back. Uh, what went into your decision-making process to, to resume your career? Uh, it's a good question. It, it was more of a lot of prayer, just kind of trying to decide, well, um, is this a time where I can go back? How, how is this going to affect the family? How is it going to affect... Um, the team, you know, I didn't want to step back into this scenario if if it wasn't going to make sense. And so I was checking in throughout the time I was away. We would check in every week or two with Theo just to um, let him know where I was at and, um, you know, see where they were at, you know, as far as um, whether or not it was something that, that um, was needed or, or even, you know, don't, you don't want to, you know, insert yourself when it's not necessary. Um, so at the end of the day, it was probably about mid-July um, that I decided I had to make a decision of whether I'm going to go out on a field and really like push to get on a baseball field and see where my skill level is. And um, so I really didn't, I, I didn't do much um, baseball-wise from May until mid-July. And then I got back. I was doing a lot of just workout stuff just to stay in shape, but um, that was when I got back out onto the field and, and really 
um, felt like I wasn't very far behind baseball skill-wise. And, and that's when I knew, okay, well, I'm not very far. If I do the proper rehab stuff, I, I could potentially be ready to help the club in September if that's what they want. And so um, that's kind of the plan that we set out for, and not really knowing the whole time whether or not this is happening for sure. Just kind of let's see how it goes. And so I went to all those minor league stops, which was by far, I mean, it was a really cool experience. You know, those um, seeing all the young guys and kind of going each level, um, that was really fun for me to get to uh, see all those different levels in the Cubs organization. Did you talk with any of your teammates during the summer? Uh, did anybody reach out or did you reach out to them? Yeah, I mean, it was, I, I did. I came back in June and I talked to the whole team. Uh, that was primary, you know, the, the primary importance to let them know how I was and, and um, you know, just asking them to, uh, you know, continue to be patient with the process um, personally for me and, and let them know that if I could, I would try to get back back here with them. And, um, you know, so much support from that. And also at the same time, I kind of knew, okay, I'm going to let them be and they, they're, they're going to be fine and they are. So, um, they didn't, they don't need me by any stretch of the imagination, but they always made me feel wanted that they wanted me back. And, um, that's all you can ask for from your teammates is, is to know that you're, you're wanted to be around and to help the ball club. And, and that's why I'm here now. And how tough was it then when you're, you're making that decision to step away in May? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people obviously have to balance personal and work. How tough was it for you to make that decision to kind of push work to the side? Uh, it was a very easy decision for me, very easy, um, because you know I'm a I'm a hundred percent focused type of person, and uh, I knew that at that moment there was no way I could be here and be focused while I was here, and so I didn't want to give half effort while I was here, and think you know think about where my head and heart really were. So I knew that for at least a period of time, I needed to fully put myself back in Nashville at home with my family, um, doing everything I could to, you know, keep my family together, you know, and that was my focus. So um, that's where um, my heart was at the time, and that's where my heart remains. And, um, you know, I'm here now because my heart feels like I can, I can put whatever I while I'm here at the field. I can put 100% into it, and I can, I can really like get after it with my teammates. So that's what I'm I'm looking forward to, um, that push right here down the stretch. I assume the kids want to see you play again as well, right? Yeah, sure, of okay. course. I mean, you know, they're they're good either way. I mean, truth be told. They're ready for us to get a dog at some point. <laughs> you know, if I, just, if I just get them a dog, they'll be happy. So, um, hey, Ben from baseball, you know, Stephen again. Um, I know you're probably day to day, but have you noticed that the numbers that we got on this team are like really low? That's a role you could fill. Like fans are thinking you could fill that. I mean, what do you what do you think about giving a good at bat out there? And, yeah, I, you know. Uh, the the answer to that is I hope that I could fill that role and do it well. Uh, I know I have in the past, so I have confidence that I could do it. Um, but at the same time, you have to you have to catch your rhythm, 
and you have to get the right pitches and you have to get the right calls. And there's a lot of things that go into that. And um, I am going to just dedicate myself to being trying to be prepared for if that is the spot that I get put in, you know, when I start or I mean, I anticipate there being some starts and I anticipate there being some pinch hit at bats and coming in late in the game and doing the, doing the same type of thing I kind of was doing before I left. Uh, and But, yeah, I, I think that um, there are several of us that if we plug in and we are able to, um, you know, make good decisions up there and catch our rhythm and things, that, that that number in September could be dramatically different. Were you watching the Cubs teams or reading about it? Or how would you follow the, follow the team while you were out? Yeah, uh, sparsely. You know, uh, I like I said, I'm a hundred percent. You know, it's it's not hard for me when I'm not here to not focus on it um, because I'm focused on, you know, what I needed to be focused on at the time. But yes, I would check the scores. Yes, I would. I mean, I wasn't watching the games a lot. I would watch some of the highlights and things like that. But I, I didn't. I don't think one time that I sat and watched a game all the way three and a half hours through. Um, I just. That's not me. I've never been like that. I've never been that kind of a um, – uh, I'm like, if I watch it for two innings, I'm like, I want to get up and play. You know, that's how I feel. So I just checked the scores, and I checked how guys were doing, and I, and I, 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 I always have checked the standings and, and knowing kind of where the team was at and how they were doing, things like that. Did this give you a, a look into what retirement may be all about in uh, a strange way, you know, I mean, I guess. I mean, I've never had a summer where I wasn't playing baseball every day for, you know, since I was 17 or 18 years old. So it was a definitely a weird feeling to have the summer. Um, I got a little bit of a tan, you know. Um, but it's not, I mean, you know, I, I, don't, I, I didn't think of it like, okay, this is, this is retirement now. You know, I thought of it like this is a weird period where I'm not playing, but I'm still kind of playing. And, uh, you know, like I said, I haven't made a for sure decision on retirement yet or anything like that. But uh, um, I do know that the time is coming soon for me to put all my focus on, you know, my kids' activities and those things because – Baseball does take a lot of energy from the whole family, you know, and from, you know, the kids can't do all the activities they normally can do when they're traveling with me and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, I think we all at some point recognize that, you know, summer, whether it's next year or the following year or the year after that, like summers are going to look different than they have for us in the past. And, and, you know, as a baseball player, you don't really – you don't realize how much time passes, you know, until you're not playing. Because when you're playing that clubhouse every day and you're going out on the field every day and there's, there's no weekends and, you know, you have a couple of days off a month, uh, it is – it goes by so very quickly, you know. And uh, – but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really – I guess I don't really – I didn't think too much about, well, this is exactly how it's going to be. You know, it's going to – I'm sure it will be different. And you talk about. Let's do one more, just so we get on the field. You talked about 
believing in a God who's healing, heals relationships. Yeah. I apologize if I'm going too far, but is that what you're hoping in your personal relationship with your wife? I, I'm just trying to interpret what you were saying. Yeah, I mean, of course, yes. Um, that's that's how I feel. Um, and, you know, I would probably, I would, uh, you know, this career is, is an incredible career. I love this career. Um, but that's the reason why I took time off, um, to see what I could do there, um, to see what I can do taking care of my kids and making sure um, that they were okay um, through the scenario. And, uh, yeah, that's my hope and prayer. Is it working? I mean, you... <laughs> that's a loaded question. <laughs> I mean, I mean uh, you know, all I can say is um, nothing has gone any further uh, as far as um, one way or the other. Nothing has gone any further. There's no, there's no um, legal action or anything like that happening right now. So um, just kind of a, a period of stability and patience, I think, is where we're at. Thank you. Yep. Thanks, man. That is Ben Zobrist. Wow. That's Ben Zobrist live from the media room over there at Wrigley Field. Um, got very, very personal there at the end. If you couldn't hear the question, the question was in response to something Ben had said earlier about um, believing in a God that heals relationships. And so there was a very personal question, and a lot of details have been out there. And, um, and Ben gave you a real answer, that he is hoping that uh, his relationship with his wife is healed. And, uh, and they're personally in a position where nothing has gone further in either direction. So that's more than he needed to give, that's for sure, but he decided to there at the end. Um, the baseball ramifications are that he is now part of the Chicago Cubs, along with seven other players or six other players. The roster stands at 32 right now. And um, that's the way it'll be for the rest of the month, although David Bodie will probably come back. Um, he had to go to the minors for a minimum of 10 days because he was sent down for Zobrist yesterday. Um, and also Wilson Contreras will theoretically rejoin the team. Lots of news here today. You Darvish not making his start today because of forearm tightness. He's going to skip one and be back to pitch next Saturday. Tyler Chatwood goes in his stead. Phone lines are open between now and the top of the hour when we're going to shift gears. So dial it up right now, Cub fans, if you want. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. You can text me at 67011. Ben Zobrist has returned, expressed a lot of gratitude for the organization, as he should, for what they have done for him over these past three months and three weeks. It is uh, remarkable to get that kind of, of empathetic and supportive treatment from an employer. It is not something a lot of us would get, and he knows that, and, uh, and he's thankful for it. And, and baseball-wise, he's back. But, boy, there's a lot there. Uh, bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football. College football is here. Coach Fitz and the Big Ten West Division champions at Ryan Field this fall when they host Ohio State, Michigan State, Iowa, and more. Season and single game tickets on sale now at nusports.com. And this segment is brought to you by Half Price Books. Half Price Books. Uh, we'll be right back on 670 The Score to talk about all this stuff with you on Hit and Run. It's Matt Spiegel. Keep it right here. Welcome back in on Hit and Run on a Sunday morning right here on 670 The Score. The Bears don't play a Sunday home noon game 
until October 27th. They don't play a Sunday noon game the entire month of September. They got a couple 315 games, and on those days, Bears pregame will begin after me at noon. Hit and run is here for September. It's a rare season, in fact, when the schedule works in our favor, baseball fans. So if you're looking for football conversation, we understand, but it comes after hit and run. Uh, for the month of September. So welcome in to the baseball fans who are happy we are here. And to the football fans who are not, we love you still. And we apologize. 312-644-6767 is the phone number to dial if you want. Man, we heard from Ben Zobrist, and that was really compelling, in my opinion. He, he talked about everything. He was very, very open. He was more open than I expected him to be about the personal side of things. Um, when prodded or when asked uh, sort of gently at the end of the of the interview. And it was awkward. It was awkward to be sitting here and listening to that. Me, I don't know if he felt that the public deserved it um, or if or if that the team deserved it. Uh, I know that he's grateful for the team and he should be for what the team has allowed him to have this summer and how they have helped support and facilitate his comeback. It's really, it's remarkable. And, um, and so he's, he's got a big sense of gratitude. He said he came and talked to the players in June and explained the situation. If you've been in that clubhouse or if you haven't, I can tell you that his locker has been there with his white Ben Zobrist Jersey all year long. It has not gone anywhere. And then certainly plenty of players have come in and needed lockers and that one has not gone anywhere. And then he came back and spoke to them yesterday and then spoke to us and to you this morning, just now on 670 The Score. We've got a few minutes to take your phone calls in response to it. 312-644-6767. He talked about potential retirement. He talked about uh, what the road back has been, what he's done personally. And he, uh, he, he gave you some, some details on, um, on the personal situation as well. This is Don in Fox Lake on 670 The Score. Good morning, Don. Hey, um, to that reporter, I don't know who it was that uh, closed it out, definitely crossed the, crossed the line and is a despicable human being in my mind. To, to actually dive into his personal life, Zobrist, to his credit, he's a kind and gentle and a good-hearted man. If I was in his shoes, I probably would have jumped over the table and started swinging at that guy. You don't go and start asking questions like that. I know this is an open society, but man, my God, to start going into that area. Well, I don't Don, care how you asked it. Uh-huh. I don't care how you asked the question, but that's a man's personal life. And when it comes to something of that nature, when there's kids involved and everything, and I don't really know the details of it, yeah, you know, but, but Ben is a man of his faith and he's a very kind man and he handled it and he answered it. He didn't have to answer it. No, he didn't. But then that guy didn't have to ask that type of question. Yeah, I hear society, you. Let's talk. Where do we, hold on, Don, yeah. Don, Don, hold on. Let's have a conversation about it. Cause I think it's really interesting. And I certainly understand, appreciate perspective. Um, first of all, it, it was Rick Morrissey of the Sun Times and I'm, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind if, if people knew and he'll write about it. The one th- there's a couple things just to s- sort of discuss this with you. One is that a he's a very public figure. Two is that a- as a man of of faith and a very public faith, he has wanted to share a lot of his personal life. They wrote a book about parenting together. They wrote a book about 
about faith and and marriage together. And he earlier in the press conference said, I believe in a God that heals relationships. So he is a man who chooses to share uh, when times have been good. Um, So I understand the instinct to ask here when times are in bad. And then, as you say, he showed the willingness to do it. Uh, the willingness to to answer the question and share, so it could be that he is very willing and ready to be that open, which is, which is rare and and, and not something I don't know, I don't know if it's something I would be strong enough to want to do. That's for sure. But you understand yeah, well, you, you understand where I'm going with him being an open yeah, no, and public absolutely. man. Absolutely, absolutely. But I don't understand why Rick has to kind of frame it up where like, how is that going for you? I mean, it's just like none of your freaking business how well, is it going for me you know that's the follow-up that, that that was the follow-up is how's that going was very very personal i i agree with you the, the initial question of and he apologized in the question he said if this is too personal i apologize are you hoping for your relationship to be repaired is a follow-up on something ben had said himself and he say he, he put the caveat if this is too personal i apologize what you said the follow-up the very personal how's that going for you um, was was very friendly and and Ben was responded to it in in, in kind and if you I, I hear you I, I'm glad you yeah, called and, you know, yeah yeah Go ahead. I mean like Rick I mean like the whole the whole follow up that Rick said I mean it, it's not like we're just two people sitting at a table drinking coffee I mean that's being broadcast for everybody to hear how's that going yeah I mean it, it, it's just ludicrous for me that Rick and thank you for telling us who it was I mean. You know, Rick, you crossed the line, and I hope you hear this. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it, Don. Uh, I'm sure he'll hear of it uh, and hear about it, and um, he probably doesn't mind, and he's probably thrilled we mentioned his name, frankly. Um, but I do think it's, it's, a, it's a very gray area because of his status as a public figure, and again, because of what he has done as a, as a proselytizer. Um, and I say this without judgment, um, but as a man of very public faith, and they have written books together, he and and his wife, um, and some people, you know, uh, put their lives out there for consumption, for interaction, for for teaching, for um, for religious uh, development. And I, I guess I'm not surprised that Ben has remained, and even in that moment, remained public. And uh, as classy, uh, but as open as he was about it. Interesting. Appreciate the call. It's 670 the score. That's where we are. And a lot of people agree with the caller, and I understand. We're going to come back and talk about what has been a very interesting year in the course of the White Sox rebuild. And I was surprised that this guy, my next guest, who I respect quite a bit, uh, termed this a bad year for the White Sox rebuild. Th- those were his words. Let me make sure I get them exactly so I don't, I don't betray uh, anything that he was trying to say. But yeah, called it a, a down year for the White Sox rebuild. So let's, let's discuss that. Let's discuss that next um, with Jim Margulis of Sox Machine. It is hit and run. Tyler Kepner later on. Cubs baseball coming up at 1245 right here on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.